And welcome to the Hometown Headlines podcast edition. This is John Druckermiller from HometownHeadlines.com. Thanking you for joining us today. Uh, today's kind of a free-for-all. We got a gentleman here who is uh, what you baseball fans know as a five-tool player. That means he can go anywhere from politics and the economy to baseball and the Atlanta Braves, anywhere in between. Well, maybe talk about kids going to college, too. He's got a college background. We are joined by Dr. Frank Stevenson from Barry College. Frank, your title is one of the most envious titles I think I've come across in my life in Rome, Georgia. Fully start with Professor of Economics, the uh, another title, the Endowed Chair, I mean, all the good stuff. I don't have uh, have that much stuff on my business card, but I've got I've got a few things. I, I run Barry's uh, Accounting, Economics, and Finance Department, and I've got a chair that allows me to have some some flexibility on some things I do. It allows me. I'm I'm really appreciative for the the resources and the that it gives me the opportunities I have that others you know, that that I wouldn't have without it. So it's it, it's an, it's a nice fit. I appreciate it. No, and the reason we're bringing that up, though, A, to embarrass you, of course, publicly, but number two is that it shows you that you really, uh, Frank knows what he's talking about, basically, it's, and it's easier for you to say it than me, in most cases, no, yeah. and you do know what you're talking about as well. And, you know, Frank has been a frequent guest during our radio life, and we're glad, we're glad to have him onto the podcast edition here as well. By the way, we are recording over at Brand Red Studios over at 4 Bale Street here in downtown Rome. Todd LaBarge is once again um, working the controls here, making a sound making me sound far more important than I am. Frank has it naturally. I kind of fake it. Now, Frank, really glad to have you here today. Um, let's talk about something you have been, like I said, a you know, five-tool guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's, it's, I'm glad to be here, and, and I'm particularly glad to be here at, at Brand Red since it's uh, one of my former students, you know, his operation. So it's um, it, one of the cool things about my, about my gig, you know, chair or titles or whatever else, is that in 22 years at Barry, I've been really lucky to have have some fabulous st- students who are doing neat things, and you know, Ryan Simmons is one of them. And so it's it's actually really cool to to be to be chatting with you in general, but to be chatting with you here in particular is especially sort of rewarding for me. One of the, I guess I'm sort of at the eighth stage of my career that I'm a little bit in the in the nostalgia phase because I've got students who are out enough that they're really starting to you can really see where they're going with themselves. They haven't babies yet. Yeah, that's when I get scared. So, several several of them. Yeah, in fact, I, you know, I I expect it won't be too long before the the kid of a former student pops up. I, and technically, I've actually had a parent and student, but it was it wasn't in a real traditional sense. The mom came back to school later, and so I had her. And uh, and her two sons all within about five years of each other. And so teaching that's not, generations. Yeah, but it won't be long. I, in high school, it was like that. My you know, I had a couple of teachers my dad had had, and so I, I'm you know, I'm sure my my high school typing teacher, you know, looking you know, looking down on us and you know with her you know talking about the G finger and the F finger and the H finger and whatever else is is, is sort of smiling, thinking about yeah, deja vu, kid. You know, you got it now too. You know, when you used to think I was so, so old as your typing teacher, and now. Now you're, you know, you've got students, and before long, those students will be sending students, you know, children your way, and you'll have multi generational things, and so it's, it's pretty cool. And yes, and lots of them are having kids. One of one of my favorite former students actually moved to Tokyo recently with her, with her husband, and and like a month after getting there, you know, she was they made this move with three three young kids already, and and because of his job, and, and when they got there, you know, she was already eight months pregnant. So shortly after oh, wow. after making a move to, to you know to a, a different country. With three small kids already, she she has a fourth one, and then there's a you know lovely fabulous family, and I, 
I try to get some tra- when I travel, I try to try to see folks. I'm sort of I'm angling for any good excuse to go to Japan and see her and her Oh, there's got to be right some of those. So, the economy so, or you yeah, know, there's, there's got to be some good reason to go to Japan, right? So, but I when I travel, I try to I try to see former former students who are in different places. I was at a conference in San Francisco earlier this summer and caught up with a student, a former student from 2002, who's who's sort of a marketing uh, freelance marketing consultant and and is doing real has done really well in her career, and so it's. It's sort of the the nostalgia lap in my in my tour in my in my career at this point. The nostalgia tour well, in my you're career. You're a young man, so don't get too. Yeah, nostalgic. yeah, I, I don't, yeah. It's it's funny. I don't feel that old, and maybe it's because I get the, I, I'm lucky enough to have to, to work with college kids, and so you know I, I work with people who are 18 to 22 all the time. They and, keep you uh, young, so. certainly, and that that, that, that is that is a established factor. Well, keeping him young, keeping you involved, it keeps you involved in what's happening in the world. Uh, you are one of, uh, in fact, you've been recognized, of course. Uh, for you do a good fair amount of looking at what's happening with politics, a national and world level. We got uh, changes over in Great Britain, but more important, I hate to say it, but you know we're at the we're at the starting line for campaign 2020. I mean, I'm not recovered from 2016 yet, and here we are. You know, we got what 24 Democrats running right now. I think one or two dropped out, but I don't know. They may okay. a couple more may have dropped in, so so it's hard it's hard to keep count. But I, mean, I, I think like we the, I think we're past the starting line. Yeah, you know, the starting gun is fired. You know, a bunch of these people yeah. have declared. They've had they've had a debate. It had to it was such a big field. They had to do it over two nights, and even then, it wasn't that much of a debate because they still had ten or twelve people in each in each session. So it was sort of a a semi staged press conference kind of thing where there was a, a little bit of back and forth. And of course, Kamala Harris in particular went back and forth with, with Joe Biden a little bit was the, was the headline that came out of, came out of that. But, uh, you know, we're, and, and of course they start you know lining up endorsements and raising money. And so we're, you know, the, the nature of campaigns is such that we're, 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 we're well past the, past the start line. Uh, unfortunately, I, I agree with you. We're, you know, I'm, I'm not over 2016. I'm not sure I'm over 12 or eight or four or, <laughs> Or anything else. I mean, it does seem to come quicker. Maybe that is an age thing. I don't know, but they do seem to come a lot quicker. Yeah. So, I, so, but, but, two thousand sixteen was you know, was particularly odious in various ways, and I, and I'm sure that that two thousand twenty is going to be a going to be a real mess as well. Well, I'll give you a little, little heads up. We got something on the website this morning, hometownheadlines.com, that the Ford County Republican Party uh, tradition does the big event every year at the uh, at the Tillman Hangar at Richard B. Russell Airport. That event's coming up October. No, make it. I'm sorry, August 10th. But the star of the show. This one kind of kind of floored me. The star of the show is going to be the Trump bus. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, you're bringing. But I mean, that's fine. I mean, but, and they, there'll they, be people who will drive here from. This is the biggest political event in North Georgia every year. But you know, we'll drive her to see that the, the bus doesn't have a Twitter account. The bus may hold a lot of appeal. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, 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 the bus can't tweet. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I got friends who have dogs who have uh, Facebook pages. Yeah, so, uh, I, I have. I do know. I do know somebody who has a, a Facebook page for his golden retriever and, and every so often likes to, you know, puts things, puts things like, you know, golden, golden retrievers do this and do that and so forth. So yeah, you do, there may be, you do there occasionally may, see it, but I, there may be a Trump so, bus Twitter so, account. So, we'll find so, out. But so. really, and part of the reason, though is that you know not only we're we looking at you know 2020 on the election local elections level but i mean it is impressive that they've got this you know heavily armed winnebago coming to town you know for this event coming up but it shows you like you said we are beyond you're right we are beyond a starting line there think about this the democratic field right now basically you know the the, the roster for the rome braves is 25 active players so we about got a team of Rome Braves. God forbid they'll, they'll be mad about that. But uh, that many people running for the Democratic Party. 
Let's talk about that first. How are we, I mean, I know how we're going to sort it out through a series of primaries. And like I said, some people have already said, eh, not this time. But uh, really, where are we with all the number one on the Democratic side? Well, I, it, several of these folks are, it, it are probably just going through the motions. And, and probably when they, they, you know, they, they sit in front of the mirror in the morning and, and brush their teeth and, you know, comb their hair and whatever, or probably realize they, you know, they, they don't have much of a chance. Like the... Uh, the the governor of Colorado Hickenlooper, you know, you know, decent decent governor in a lot of ways, um, probably a, someone who would have a, have a fairly broad appeal as opposed, you know, not as across you know across party lines, perhaps more than some of the others. Uh, he, he's not going anywhere, and, and there are plenty of others in in the field that aren't going anywhere. And so you you know you're down to you know six, maybe maybe a stretch eight or something or another who are sort of you know the real contenders. You know you've, you know, you've got Biden. And Sanders and Warren and and Harris, uh, maybe Cory Booker, maybe maybe O'Rourke. Although he seems to have lost the mojo he had a couple of years ago when he ran for for Senate in Texas. And you know, th- there's probably some one other I'm sort of slipping and not mentioning here. But you're you're looking at a at a handful plus a, plus two or three, you know, six, seven, eight, maybe. And and most of the rest of them are just sort of sort of going through the motions. Now, now why they're doing it, you know, they're raising name recognition. They want a cabinet appointment, you know, later on or you know, an ambassadorship or, or, you know, things like that. They're, they're, it'll help them fundraise to retain their positions back you know, to back home. If, you know, if the governor of Colorado runs for reelection later on, uh, I guess the the one the one that's probably been in some ways the biggest surprise is I'm not sure many people would have thought that a mayor would get a lot of traction. And of course, the the mayor of South Bend, Buttigieg, is 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 probably one of the ones in the top you know six or seven or so. And and you know South Bend, Indiana, is not a particularly large town. It's not like being the mayor of New York. So you you might understand someone like Michael Bloomberg having some traction. In, uh, in, well, in, in, wait a minute in, now. The Notre Dame fans yeah, out there know yeah, South Bend. Yeah, yeah but, right, by all means, there, there are plenty of Notre Dame fans around and, and plenty of fighting Irish folks and, and, and fans out there. And, and they're, they're all over the country. And, and so, but South Bend, Indiana is a relatively, a relatively small town. And, and the guy probably hadn't been heard of much until all of a sudden he declares. And then he's then he's sort of the hot the hot guy uh, in in some ways and, and at least the surprising one in in terms of you know, floating up relative to to where he was you know, three four months before he sort of got into this business. So we'll see these people weeded out. I mean, I think there's another round of debates coming up. I think I mean I, may, I could yeah, be wrong. I, I think so. I don't recall the I don't recall the the date, but there there's a, there's another round coming up before long. I know that one being talked about in a, kind of the same format again because because of the number of folks involved. But we don't get serious about this other than, you know, who's in, who's out, who, you know, who says the right thing. I mean, does Biden slip up? I mean, it's, you know, right now, is it, is it the Biden, Biden and Bernie show or, you know, do we have, the, like you said, the six involved, uh, maybe a little bit more. Those maybe, maybe let's go ahead and say top six here. Get to the end of the year, get to Christmas time, get to January. Then we start to see this stuff start to sort out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's when people actually start going to the caucuses and the primaries and and. And the like, and then they'll be, you know, they'll be, I'm sure there'll be you know, another round of debates at some point in the fall, and there'll be a few who sort of start to fall off the back, and there'll be some who are having trouble with fundraising. But it, it, you know, what we're you know, we're really six months or, or thereabouts from when people start to cast actual votes, and and that'll 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 start to, in particular, to really clarify who's who's in the sort of top two or three uh, slots, and and you know, voters voters right now have are in the position they can say, yeah, I sort of like Buttigieg, I sort of like this one, I sort of like that one, and they don't have to make trails. You go in the voting booth, you got to you got to pick one, yep. and. 
all right, is it Harris for me or is it, you know, Booker for me or is it, uh, or is it Elizabeth Warren or is it Bernie Sanders or, or whomever? So, You're a Democrat. How do you run against the presumed Republican nominee? What's, you know, <laughs> never mind you got to go through this field of 24, whatever it is. You got to, you know, you now got to face, you know, uh, extremely, and we all may say, oh, you know, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Trump. He's got a heck of a base. He's got one heck of a base out there. And as long as the economy, I don't want words in your mouth, but as long as the economy keeps, it keeps clicking the way it is, I mean, he's got a pretty good ride in 2020 coming up. Right. So the, in conventional terms, this would this would seem to be a, a, an election that would, would be a pretty – pretty good one to be an incumbent in the the economy is doing doing very well these days and so we can and you know we're we're also at peace we're not in an unpopular war i mean george george w bush was you know lost tons of popularity by 2006 and it led to you know congress flipping in 2006 and ultimately led to the obama election in 2008 because of how unpopular the iraq war got but we're in relative peace here. You know, we've got a little bit of this and that going. You know, we're still in Afghanistan to some extent, a little bit in Syria and Iraq, and you know, a little bit in in a couple of other uh, play, you know, some sort of backstopping the Saudis with with Yemen and the like. But but compared to the last uh, sixteen you know, years or so, going going back to, to post 9-11, 18 years going back to post nine eleven, we're we're in a, a time of relative peace. We're in a time of relative prosperity. Unemployment's down below four percent. You know, something we haven't. Seen very often in, in the last you know, two, three, four decades. Uh, it's not just the overall rate that's down below four percent. It's you, know, you see you know, lows for you know, various you know, subgroups. You know, black population, Hispanic population have sort of lower than typical unemployment rates, and so it's not. Uh, and so it seems to be a fairly broadly shared you know, economic pattern. You, know, you can get lots of anecdotal evidence about that. And, you know, you know, when you, start, you see help wanted signs around town, I have a, a, an acquaintance in town who's a contractor, and he just can't, he just can't get help. He's, you yep. know, the, the building trades are, are particularly strong right now here in Rome. And so when you when you take this sort of overall e- economic strength, and, and you know, of course we, you know, we can circle back if you want to. There are there are a few worrying signs economically out there. But when you take this overall economic strength. And the relative sort of sort of peace. I mean, what's the you know, what's the story? Peace and prosperity, right? And and you know, Trump would appear to be in a pretty good position. Okay? But you know, Trump being Trump, he he manages to to alienate people. You know, it's quite quite a few people. There are a lot of people who are just viscerally anti-Trump. Even if if you if you put a, a whole list of policy you know, positions, or if you put a list of 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 sort of facts and figures about state of the world today, be it peace, be it prosperity, be it whatever, and there'll be people who say, yeah, I like all that, but I still just despise Trump. And, and you know, he, I mean, he's you know, he's a divisive guy, and, and of course, what he's really wanting is you know fifty percent plus one, and and he's willing to try to thread the needle and, and get that while he he alienates some folks. He's he's at the same time you know, you know energizing Team Red. You know, as you talk about his very strong base out there. And so you know, he wants Team Red to, to beat Team Blue, and you know, he, he just needs one more vote to do it. In fact, he doesn't even, in some sense, really need one more vote. He just needs to write electoral votes. And, See, and, people and don't course, recall that. In the last yeah. election, that was decided by the Electoral College. Yeah. Hillary Clinton beat him by 3 million votes, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, because of the numbers yeah. in the key states, right. it went Trump's way. Yeah, and, and I still – I you know, if uh, – he he sort of threaded the needle. The, the margin in, in places like Wisconsin and 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 Michigan was was fairly small. You know, I can't remember the exact numbers. I want to say something like seventy five thousand votes was you know was basically what decided it. And, and so it wouldn't take much of a change in in two or three states, and all of a sudden, 
he doesn't he doesn't win the electoral college again. And so it looks in some ways it looks really good for him when you when you talk about the peace and the prosperity and so forth. But then you say, hey, how'd this guy get elected? He hadn't he hadn't exactly won won over a whole lot of people in the in the meantime for various reasons. And you say, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough slog of an election again, and whether he prevails or, or comes up short, it's gonna you know it's not gonna be. I, I don't think you're gonna see a, a big landslide one way or the other. Then you know, we're looking we're looking at a you know fifty one forty nine kind of kind of deal, not a sixty forty kind of deal, which which of course in, in electoral terms would be a huge wipeout. Well, that's what we want to take a look at very quickly. Let's wrap up on that. So if you're a Democrat, and we'll go into the Republicans when we come back from the break here. Uh, but if you're a Democrat, though, so you, you, you got peace, you got prosperity, you got a guy who's got a pretty interesting base out there. How do you do it? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the magic formula here? Make well, a million dollars. Tell us about the – if you were advising <laughs> one of these candidates, one of the leading candidates, what's the best bet for you? Well, I, I'm you, they're all taking the strategy of, or lots of them are taking the strategy of pointing out how outrageous he is, and 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 there are still some problems out there, um, no doubt. You know, healthcare is still a mess, uh, and in various in various ways, um, you know, things like student student loan issues, uh, you know, college affordability. They're they're making issues out of out of out of that and so they're playing up the you know they're playing up you know, the, you know trump himself is being offensive they're playing up well he you know he hadn't fixed health care he hadn't he hadn't done anything about student loan debt particularly and so they're and that there are things there are things they're they're pushing on on there uh they still you know point out that that even though things are going relatively well now for for some uh, some folks at the lower end of the economic scale there there is still a lower end of the economic scale and and there's some people doing very well and and by contrast there are other folks who are you know they're doing a little better than they used to and and the like but they're still you know they're still struggling a little bit particularly if they if they've built up some debt or they have some health issues or things things like that uh of course a, re- a real concern, you know, where I sit is where I sit is that, that ne- neither side, in some ways, really wants to address some of the some of the tough issues, and it's perfectly understandable because it comes with pain. No, no one wants pain because you turn off voters, and you aggravate you know folks if you say, "Hey, I'm I'm doing I'm cutting this benefit or raising this tax or so forth." But we saw just in the just earlier this week, the uh, there's a bipartisan spending deal. That's going to it'll avoid a government shutdown, it'll avoid, and which is of course a big old you know, mud ball fight when it, when they happen and so forth. So in, in a in a in one sense, it's nice to avoid that, but the way they avoided it is that they have a big bipartisan sort of spending blowout uh, over agreed to over the next two years. The Democrats get a bunch of domestic spending, Trump gets a bunch of military spending. Meanwhile, the deficits are going to run a trillion dollars a year. The debts uh, the debt sort of snowballing. We've got things like. Social Security that you know come twenty thirty something right around the time that I might actually might actually show up looking for it a little bit it's not looking so hot and uh, and of course Social Security is the easy one compared to Medicare which is a which is a real mess Social Security is mostly just demographics how many people are are born how many people are die what's their life expectancy things like that there's a little bit in terms of wages they earn and you know, wage patterns and trends but Social Security is is you know. 90 percent plus just pure demographics whereas medicare is is not just demographics medicare is is what in the world's going on in the medical marketplace and and that's as we you know is is a real mess and it's it's you know, I, I think it creates a lot of uncertainty out there for people i know some people who are sort of not terribly old who might think you know who's sort of you know 50s and you know, put themselves in a, in a position they that, you know hey i could retire but i'm not daring to retire until i because i don't know what health is uncertainty I, I figure i've got a good prediction 
about you know, these folks are saying, yeah, yeah, I can predict pretty well what my housing expense will be and my car payment and my electric bill or my groceries or whatever. But who knows what health is going to be like in you know, 15 years from now. And so I'm going to keep working just because I, you know, I get insurance through my employer. But also it gives me the option. To, it gives me flexibility to deal with whatever kind of changes. You know, will we go single payer? Will we go you know, perhaps some, some other direction? Who, who knows what? But healthcare is still a, a huge mess out there in, in various ways. And so I, n- n- neither party is really getting at some of the important issues out there. And, of course, they don't want to because they, they won't get elected. If I, if I, you know, if I show up, you know, was it, it Walter Mondale in 84 famously said that, that you know, he's going to raise your taxes, I'm going to raise your taxes too. It's just that I'm the only one telling you. And he, he promptly went out and lost like 49 states or something like that. Yeah. And so, 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 of course, no politician wants to, wants to say, you know, I'm going to raise your taxes. No politician wants to say, hey, I'm going to cut your Social Security benefits. And no politician wants to say, hey, I'm cutting Medicare. You know, and, of course, there's a sense in which lot, you know, lots of us have paid into it. And we feel like, hey, you know, I'm sort of – it's an entitlement, right? You know, I've paid into it for – 35 years, 40 years, whatever. So why would why would I uh, why would I be think it's a gr- really great thing for you to cut that? And and I wouldn't, of course. And so no politician wants to offend folks. And of course, older older folks turn out more than young folks do. Well, I'll tell you, we'll take a break on this. Talking about the campaigns again. Talking about the Democratic side. We'll come back to talk about the Republican side. Whether anybody's going to come after uh, Trump on the GOP side or not. There's been a few things raised there. In the meantime, I want to find some kind of uh, Xanax or something around the studio because. I do register for Medicare in one no in one week, number one. And number two, I will be taking Social Security about a year from now, as a matter of fact, though. So Frank just scared the hell out of me. Anyway, it's break time here. Hometown Headlines Podcast Edition. I'm Ryan Simmons, Creative Director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. And welcome back to the Hometown Headlines podcast edition. John Ruckermiller with you from hometownheadlines.com. We are joined by Dr. Dr. Frank Stevenson. Why can't I say doctor? I don't. I don't actually like being called doctor all that much. I don't. I don't. Oh, I, don't I, I, I don't deliver babies. I don't do brain surgery. I, I get so queasy at blood and and so forth. So I actually don't particularly. Okay. So, 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 so professor you're, you're, so, better so, or yeah yeah yeah. So, so your 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 trouble is no is no. There is we no, go. No is, no more no, doctor. No, no problem with me. So we'll throw yeah, that out. There, yeah, there, there are a whole lot of doctors in this town, that, and but that I don't consider myself one of them. Yeah, there are a bunch over at Harbin Clinic and down at Floyd Hospital and. Whatever. Those, those folks are the doctors. So we'll keep it on the academic side then as well. Yeah. Uh, again, we're coming to you from studios of Brand Red Studios over here at 4 Bale Street. Again, Todd LaBarge. LaBarge is, I can't get that right either, is producing uh, today as always in a masterful job. We appreciate that. Like I said in the first segment, he makes me sound better. And Frank, you're doing it naturally. Uh, we spent the last, uh, a good bit of the last segment talking about the Democratic side of 2020. Uh, Mr. Trump looking, you know, like the party nominee for 2020 from the GOP side. Or are there any wild cards on the GOP side? Yes, I, you know, Todd makes us sound good. If only he could make us look good, too. You know, he, yeah, forget he, that. He, he'd really be on to something here. That's beyond <laughs> Photoshop in my case, that's for sure. So, no, I, I, you know, Trump, Trump's the game. You know, it's going to take something something just an earthquake you know, in, in terms of you know, some a- impeachment actually occurs or you know, Trump gets caught in some— Is that possible? In, in, I mean, I just don't see that. No, no, no I don't think it's all You've that. You've had Pelosi I, I, say, I, yeah, no, we're not yeah, going that No, right. no, I, I don't think the Democrats want to, want to go there. I think they, they have a strong sense that it backfire and, and energize Trump's base 
uh, even even more than it may be. So I, but but I think it, it takes something. It may, you know, maybe you know Trump's not a young man, maybe, and he's not terribly fit and healthy, and so you know, maybe it's a health problem that that prevents him from running or something like that. But it's you know, barring something real, a real big surprise. Trump's Trump's it for better or worse for the Republicans, and there may be a little bit of a squawking, a squeak, and a challenge or whatever in the primaries, but it's not nothing serious is happening. I think that the, the real concern on the Republican side is if. You know, if Trump doesn't have a good year, if Trump's not competitive, if Trump's if if the public really is has had enough of 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 Trump and he gets and he gets wiped out, what you know, does it turn into a big Democratic wave or is it just Trump? Do the do the Republicans continue to hold the Senate? Does it affect states like Georgia that have been getting a little and Texas that in the last time time around were looking a little more competitive and you know, maybe if there's some sort of general, you know, strong Democrat turnout and, and the Republicans are sort of demoralized. Do a, do a few very traditional red states flip, do some, it, it, maybe not the governorship, but one, one or both houses in their legislatures. And so you, do you get a big, uh, do you get a big wave election? I think is the, the, the real, the real concern on the Republican side. They, you know, they've got Trump that, they, you know, they, they'll hope he can thread the needle again and, and you know, pile up enough electoral votes. Uh, you know, it, one thing that's got to be concerning to him is that, some of the policies he's pursued haven't exactly made him warm and fuzzier with his base. If you think about some of the tariff backfire, particularly the the tit for tat with China that led to big counter tariffs by China on soybeans. Well, a whole lot of soybean farmers out in states like Iowa and and, and Illinois and other farm belt places. Uh, Illinois didn't go for Trump last time, but I, but Iowa did, if I recall correctly. And if you have some of, you know, if a few of these folks are like, you know, I, you know, I thought Trump would be sort of the dude, and and but you know, he's, he's actually you know, managed to, to not do what, not do stuff that's particularly good for us after all. Then you know, it may not take, you know, you might lose a lot of them. Maybe loses five or ten percent of those folks, and particularly in a a couple of the close margin states, you know, it may it'll make it a little harder for him. So. Trump is, you know, the, the the economy is has lots of good signs, but there but there are a number of there are a number of, of sort of not so good signs out there as well, and, and particularly the the ongoing tit for tat tariff stuff. The, the one of the things that I, I don't think he ever completely grasped is that modern you know, modern trade and supply chains are really very intricate. You know, things will go across the border three or four times. They'll go in this in this partially assembled form. They'll come back with some additional assembly, and then there'll be final assembly here. And it's a lot harder to say, oh, just China's sending us this stuff, or Mexico's sending us this stuff, or Canada's sending us this stuff. It, it's really modern supply chains are really, really very, very blurry. And in the attempt to Place tariffs on certain imports. He's he said you know car makers were really were 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 dinged here in the U.S. Car makers have not had have not particularly enjoyed it. You might say, hey, it'd be great if he keep cars out. Well, the problem is he's also keeping out a lot of the components for cars that are quote unquote American made. At the yeah, same time, point. we're making it more difficult for Ford and GM to get parts for their cars. Which means higher prices for the consumer. Yeah, which of course you know could mean higher could mean higher prices. It means you know less, and and of course you know, the auto industry is all around the country now, but there's still a big chunk of it up in up in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana, et cetera. And those are those are three pretty key states right there from from the Republican perspective. So. When you, you know, when you when you start to you know, the, there, there's some good economic news out there, but there's also some some things that are sort of worrisome out there. Those are other things that are worrisome are some of the, a couple of the big trading partners and and are not doing all that well themselves. Germany's sort of stagnant right now. China's 
not growing anywhere near what it used to be. China, China's growth is, of course, one of the great miracles of, of the last, you know, its growth in the last 30 or 40 years. You've had hundreds of millions of people lifted out of just dirt poor poverty, you know, $2 a day grinding poverty, living in mud huts and things like that, to being much more prosperous. And it's one of the great, you know, from, from, a, from a perspective of humankind and, and making people better off, China's development in the in the last you know since 76 79 whatever is one of the great one of the great things but China's its growth has slowed a good bit now it's got some issues of in its in the banking sector it's got it's overbuilt and how you know, it's built a whole bunch of zombie houses that you know big high-rise apartment things that it's having trouble working out and so China's not growing as much as it used to either and so We've got some, uh, you know, there's a, there are some headwinds out there, both you know, both domestically in terms of the blowback from trade wars, and and then sort of internationally, some of the big trading partners are 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 a little slower than they than they had been. I gotta get a definition on this: zombie houses. Well, you know, you build houses, but they you know, they build these big apartment blocks, but there's no one to buy them or go yep. into them, and okay. so forth. So, you know, the term in some ways dates. You know, if you're old enough to remember this, you know, Todd 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 wouldn't be, but you're old enough to remember this that. That back in the you know, the SNL crisis back in the, like the 1980s, you had all these all these you know, overbuilt areas. And, oh yeah. And particularly, it was particularly strong in Texas, and they would refer to to you know, zombie development. Some of the banks that actually actually technically weren't solvent at the time, and they referred to them as zombie banks. Gosh. And well, and, and zombie banks are a big problem because with, with the way deposit insurance works, you get to sort of like gamble with house money. You make you make a, a, a wild and crazy speculative loan. It can get your bank back to solvency. Like let's just say a you know, chinchilla ranch or something or another, right? And so a chinchilla ranch might be something you wouldn't normally want to invest in. It might not be a, a very promising thing to under normal conditions, but. If you're already in in a situation that you're in negative net worth, but your bank's being allowed to continue to operate, you can throw this sort of hail mary. I'm gonna I'm gonna lend in this chinchilla ranch. If somehow or another chinchilla ranching turns out to, to be my saving grace, all of a sudden my bank is worth more, my shares in the bank are worth more. Gotcha. But on the other hand, if it goes bad, it's just more losses picked up by the FDIC. And so I'm playing with you know I'm taking really risky really risky actions with your money so to speak no, and and good so point. one of the real big problems in the 80s and the SNL crisis was this sort of zombie bank deal. I got to ask some of my realtor friends about the zombie houses. I don't think we have any around here. I think right now we're doing pretty pretty well in the local economy. You, you had some you know you had some things around here though that you know were over in you know I live over in the Maplewood area and there was a development that was sort of you know, set up in, in, you know, I don't know, 2005, 2006, and that for a long time sat vacant, that it's finally just, they've redone it and they've merged lots into bigger lots and they're building a couple of, you know, mont, you know really big size places. But, but you could see some, some of, you know, a few signs or a few things around here. There were a few subdivisions that were, that were sort of pokey. There weren't a whole lot of actual houses that were built that sat empty for a long time that I, that I'm aware of anyway, but you, but you could see a few subdivisions around here and that, you know, here and there. Things like no, that, kind but, of stopped him. Yeah. yeah, but, but yeah. no, things are. It's a good sign now that we picked back up, right? Because those places are now are now on the move. You know, they've they've sort of cleaned them up, repurposed them, sold off some of the lots. You know, selling you know seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar houses in those places. Uh, at least the one I'm thinking of. So it's uh, so things are things are mo- things are moving much better around here. That got good to see. Watch, actually, we'll use that for a lousy segue here. But going from the national political scene, where it looks like you know Trump situation, basically it's his to lose, and it looks like he's going to be you know playing a pretty winning hand there. Uh, we got a U.S. senator on the ballot this uh, in 2020 who is a huge Trump supporter. I mean, it's you know basically we, when we get the press releases in, 
you got to watch, okay, David Perdue, what is David Perdue saying? And sometimes it's kind of like an echo chamber from Washington. We want to know, which is fine. You can support the president. We're not saying that. We're just saying, like, okay, give me your thoughts. Uh, Perdue has really lined up quite strategically with the Trump camp. How does that play out for, for Purdue in 2020 in Georgia? Uh, I, he rise, he rises and falls with with Trump. I mean, that's that's in, in fact that's exactly what I was, kind of thing I was alluding to a little bit a little while ago. Is for for Republicans, it's a little scary. Is that is that if if there's a big Trump wipeout, then you start to see folks like David Perdue go down as as well potentially. And you, know, you see it in states that have traditionally been pretty red, been pretty safe for Republicans at least in the last couple of decades or so. You know, you could see some some seats like that, and and I you know, I think there. Were, the Republicans will be really, really you know, you know, mopey and 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 whatever when they wake up, if they wake up in November, uh, you know, November of, of 2020, and you know the day after election day, they you know they'll need a big old ice bag on their on their heads as though they're hungover or something. If you know if they if the, the Democrats retain the House, if they if the Democrats get the White House, and then oh yeah, by the way, they flip the Senate and potentially flip the Senate by you know, by you know, three four seats that gives that gives them some some margin of error to work with there. Any so. chance of that? I mean, right now the House, of course, is Democratic controlled. Senate's got the majority, uh, Republican majority there. Do you see enough uh, flipping? Or are we still too early to tell? I, I, I don't, I don't have any sense at this point what, you know, which way, which way that could that could go. I think that's still that's still too early. Of course, one of the things about the Senate races too is that, and this is actually probably one of the reasons the Republicans actually, I think they gained a couple of seats last time around in, in 2018. Is which seats are up is really dependent. So in in 2018, you had a bunch of you, you had several states that had that Democrats had won back in two, like 2012 or so that were really sort of red states. I'm thinking, for example, of Missouri. Include so Claire McCaskill lost her seat, and you got a a, Demo, a Republican senator out of Missouri replacing replacing her. And uh, same thing out of North Dakota. You had Heitkamp, Camp, I think, was the the senator there, who, uh, the Democratic senator there, who lost. Uh, this last time in back in 2018, and so, uh, so a lot of the Senate will depend on sort of which states are up. Are there red states up? Are there blue states up? And in particular, are there the vulnerability one way or the other? Are there a bunch of seats up that are sort of blue states that are currently occupied by Republicans, uh, sort of you know, flukishly perhaps, or vice versa? Are there a bunch of uh, blue uh, you know, red states that are occupied by by Democrats? And so the mix of states, and in particular. Is there someone who's there, perhaps, sort of you know, anomalously uh, from six years ago, that would be particularly vulnerable? No, good points so, about so, that. So, and, and sorry, and so here's an example of here's an example of that is uh, Alabama, Doug Jones. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he's Alabama's a, a, about as Republican a state as you can get. And Doug Jones is a Democrat. Of course, he, you know, the whole Roy Moore you know thing. We didn't, you know, we don't need to, to rehash rehash that, but. Uh, the whole special election a couple of years ago, where Roy Moore ran and was defeated, and you know he came across as such a horrible candidate, and and the Democrats uh, took that seat with Doug Jones. You would predict that that's a seat that's going to be pretty hard for the Democrats to to to, to uh, hold in 2020. But Roy Moore's running again, right? <laughs> Apparently so. so. Yeah, we will see yeah. what the outcome. Yeah, is. so you you know I had a I had a, a colleague at Barry who was when I when I first got to Barry who who was. Uh, from Alabama, he's a native of Alabama, and he, he actually still lived over in Alabama at the time. His his wife is a high powered attorney in Birmingham, so he sort of commuted to to work, and he he retired seven or eight years ago. But 
when anytime Alabama politics, anytime there was an election or something going to Alabama politics, and he, you know, he'd come in, and, and all we had to do is, you know, my, I, I had to do, or one of my other colleagues had to do was, you know, hey, hey, Bo, uh, how, how things in Alabama now? And he was just, he just start shaking his head and you know, hold his <laughs> you know, hands in front of his face and and so forth. So I, 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 I in fact, I should have sent him an email, you know, a few days ago when I had seen the thing about Roy Moore running again. Say, hey, here, here you go. You know, here's another. Yeah. Here's another round of it. Let, let us, yeah, let us know how you feel. That we made a good point uh, talking about, you know, maybe being too, too early yet to call how both the Senate and House going to go. Um, and you know, maybe we'll kind of close on this theme. I mean, you've been around a number of years watching this stuff. I have not as close as you, but as, as well. But you know, and everybody keeps. I hate to beat the cliche, but because of our twenty four seven news environment, because of social media. Because of people who know how to get the influencers faster than ever here, I mean, a lot of these candidates can live and die on one stupid move in about a twenty-four hour cycle. Yep, it, you, know, it, it, you give them zero to sixty or sixty to zero on, you know, in in five seconds. I am just stunned at how you can see things kind of come in there, and you're you know you're you're you know okay, so and so is doing great, and all of a sudden, well, you, you know, you said this at that, and then and all of a sudden. You can almost watch the air come out of the person. Like you can kind of see, you know, one of those, uh, you know, one of those Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Nazis exposed or whatever. <laughs> kind of, you know, here's a here's a full frame man suddenly coming down to a red skull. I mean, just to watch the energy suck out of these people with the power. I don't say power, but with the you know the the, the audiences of social media and of course again the twenty four seven news cycle. So what I gotta say, it, it, I, I was away for about 10 days out of uh, for a family vacation we were we were actually out of the country and one of the, one of the real joys of, of being away was ha- was having the daily you know the, the constant barrage of, of of stuff whether it's on on tv news radio twitter facebook whatever coming at you and so you know the outrage it's not even the outrage du jour anymore it's the outrage of the the hour the outrage of yep. the minute you know, tr- tr- you know trump did this with the puppy or you know the 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 squad the the the, you know, the four democratic house people you know did such and such and it's you know it's you know, it's back and forth and so it was really a pleasure to be to be tuned out and to be in a different environment where I, I wasn't completely cut off and you know, check the email once or once or twice and pop the Facebook once or twice, but it was it was a real joy to be to be away for ten days and and not uh, sort of neck deep in this stuff like we like we are twenty four seven over here. What was it? This is a serious question. What was it like to reenter the you know, the quote come back on grid after being gone that long? Well. Um, I, I get. I guess most of the. Yeah, you know, I, I. I put up some. I, I'm pretty careful here, actually, to try to avoid it, to try to avoid it. But it, but still, it was it was it was. You know, do I have to hear about this again? Kind of. Kind of thing. And I think I came back right at the time that the the tweet about the the go back where you came from tweet controversy. Oh, what a way to going, come back in. What's yeah. going on? So <laughs> I I you know, I, I was coming back from a from a really really pleasant trip. I would have volunteered to go back where I came from. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd still volunteer now to go back there. <laughs> In fact, it was not only was it pleasant, but the the weather was un, was unusually nice. It was it was mild. It was 70, 70 75 degrees, oh, and nice and, trip, and so it was much better to to be gone and and to, than to come back here with you know, 85, 90 and the humidity and and so forth. So so I'll volunteer to go back where I where I where I came from. Well, the reason I ask is that we did a short cruise for my wife's birthday, 
And we were in Florida, but we also a little bit in Key West and a little bit in you know, one day in um, Cuba. And, of course, sailed back. It was like four or five days. But they had, you know, ship Wi-Fi, and we had a little bit of a perk of Wi-Fi. But basically, the first time in you know, years, you know, I, I put the phone, left it in the cabin, this kind of stuff and all. And I didn't sit there. I mean, I had Natalie covering, you know, the day-to-day business for me at home, down headlines and all. Tell you what, it was nice. You know, and I was not, you know, and I did when I got to got to one of the ports. I finally opened up. Oh, I better make sure nothing happens. Oh, and so, but yeah, having that break was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and of course, but I insulate myself from it here by I, I hardly ever watch any of the cable news channels. In fact, I was it was it was shocking. I was in the airport uh, in Kennedy Airport, and and on the way on on our outbound trip, and, and they had CNN on. I was like, why why in the why can people stand to, to listen to this stuff? And and it, and it and you know it could have been Fox, it could have been MSNBC. It's not because of whichever partisan leaning CNN may or may not have, but it's just who who wants this sort of back and forth scream fest all day, no matter, no matter which side you're on. And so I. I, I I try to stay away from it even when I'm here, but it's but it's a good bit harder because it, it pops up in 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 the, in the feed and you know, I, you know I, oh, yeah. I don't I don't sort of tweet myself, but there are a couple of Twitter feeds I follow and stuff pops up in those and so it's it's nice to in, in fact I you know, it, my you know, my my life advice for for every for every penny that it's possibly worth is you know, unplug some of this stuff, go walk your dog. <laughs> no good. Hey, look, good good advice there. Uh, well, and one we'll close with this. You made a good point about this. Uh, it's not just that you're being bombarded by all this information, but especially on TV, you know, cable news, whatever it is, or even sports these days. Why the heck do I need five people sitting around the desk? To tell me the same thing or to debate, especially in sports, you know, did uh, what's his name going from the Giants to the Cleveland Browns make the right move or not? And you have a 20 minute whatever from five guys talking about this. It's kind of like, I don't need five of y'all doing that. I mean, just give me the pro, give me the com. Let's move on. But I mean, even now, and unfortunately, television news and news analysts, I want to hear different sides. By all means, I do want to hear what both sides have to say. But my God, do you need five or six or seven people telling you? You know, <laughs> it's kind of what's that? Pardon the interruption or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pardon the herd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. kind of people to shouting at you for 20 or 30 minutes. I'm like, no, I don't need this. So, yeah, yeah this, walk the dog's a great idea. Yeah, the, the Stephen A. Smith model. Everybody, everybody's got to get screamed <laughs> at. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. We'll close with Stephen A. Smith. Well, you have to close with Stephen A. I love him for about five minutes. Give me the daily rant. Go out and do your thing. I don't need two hours of it. You know, I give. I like to kind of get him, get him here and fired up. I think the man's actually a genius. You're going to laugh at me. I think the man has really got a, a huge amount of collective knowledge in the sports world. And I like to hear about five minutes of it. But after that, it's time to, you know, walk the dog. Yeah. I, I mostly just watch the Braves and avoid, and avoid even avoid the, the, the bickering show, the sports bickering shows. Oh, good. Oh. No, good point about that. Real quick, we got, we got to do this. Baseball, real quick. Braves, first place. What do you think? They're going to make it? I uh, love it. Need, a, need, a, need another arm in the bullpen, it looks like, though. So we'll see. They're, they're calling up. An, actually, I was just checking on the way in. They're calling up another kid who's, who's had a really good year. And so maybe they'll catch lightning in a bottle with him, a kid who was here in Roma. A couple of years back, Jeremy Walker, who was a starter when he was here, and he's he's moved to the pen this year, and is particularly strong in Double A, and he's then moved to Gwinnett for about two weeks, and they're go- they're going to give him a try, and and so we'll see. But they they could use a use another bullpen arm to be bad sure. call on Kimbrel pro con. Uh, I'm fine missing you know, passing on Kimbrel like that. Um, I 
he was he was expensive. Closer closers are closers are expensive. He had dra- at least for a while he had draft pick uh, comp- draft compensation attached to him. So Kimbrel may not be quite what he used to be either. So I don't know. I mean, you can go you can go either way on it. And it wasn't a crazy contract he signed with the Cubs by any means. But uh, no good point. But I, I like the I like the Keiko signings worked out nicely. In fact, last night he had six, he had six really nice innings, and then the the bullpen just couldn't Got warmed couldn't. up here in Rome. As a matter of fact, yep. we're playing with Rome. Yep. Folks, like I told you, we're talking. We're gone from politics, talking baseball. This man's a five-tool kind of guy. Frank, we appreciate. Thank you. This is his premiere time on the podcast. Been a regular guest, great guest on the radio edition as well. We thank you for stopping by today. We'll talk a lot more politics coming up here as well. I want to thank you for listening, of course. Todd Labarge, great job producing. We appreciate that. Appreciate our friends over at Brand Red Studios. Again, for Bale Street folks, they don't only make us sound great. We're not doing it. These guys, well, Frank is, but uh, they make us look great here as well. I want to thank you for listening today. We'll have more coming up for you. Don't forget also our daily newscast available most weekdays. If you're listening today, it might not be one on Friday, but most weekdays. Listen there as well. John Drucker Miller saying thank you for your time. Have a great day in Northwest Georgia.